The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you so much for being an intentional spirit. I I tell you, uh, I love it. I was uh, attempting to count the other day, and and we've been together a long time. I think we're going on at least 12 or 13 years now that we've been talking about the value of, of being intentional. Actually, you may not be aware the original name of the show was From Good to Amazing, and that was true for many years, but it was it became very evident in order to move from good to amazing, you had to be an intentional spirit. So we kind of dedicated the whole show to that, and that is, and I, I'll define it again for myself, I'll define it for you, um, all of you that had these goals and dreams um, this year for uh, what you were going to do for part of your new vision for 2020. And then, wow, we had an unexpected external circumstance called COVID. What I'm saying when I'm saying a person is an intentional spirit, they're not stopped by external things. They don't say, well, I'm going to wait till COVID's over because, you know, who knows when that will be. I'm going to wait till all this is behind me. And then I'm going to do it. There's too many people out there waiting on your kids to be grown, and they're already 40. There's too many people waiting um, for this new door to open and living in the weight of the waiting room. And so um, you want to be intentional. Put two steps forward. Pick up the phone. Call somebody. Work on your beingness. Get exercise, whatever it is, but live and live boldly. Boldly. That's why I was so excited to talk to my dear friend. We've been friends forever, uh, probably in other lifetimes too. The one and only character she is. So get ready, Reverend Lauren McLaughlin. Hello, my love. Hello, sweetheart. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing absolutely magnificent. And every day is better than the day before. That's one thing for sure. Because um, every day learn teaches us something, doesn't it? And um, sure yeah, we're, we're so blessed. Well, you have such a, a, a rich um, career and how you have been um, so committed to people having their spiritual tools. I know that you're an author of several books, uh, some of which we may be addressing today. But I love the idea because in the corporate world, we talked about 
when I used to travel internationally, we talked about the importance of having your toolbox. You know, you got to have your toolbox. And and you've taken that and said, you got to have those spiritual uh, tools. And that, to me, is what makes your work um, so exciting because it's tangible, it's measurable, and you can you can do something with it. So it it's more than theory of let's just talk about what it's like to be positive, but let's address how you can be more positive. So that was a long way of saying thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being a difference maker. And I would really like our our audience to hear um, how did you get into all this? What's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? How did the spiritual journey uh, become important in, in your life? Well, it started where you're, you are. It started for me at First Unity Church. <laughs> uh, I actually uh, attended a, a, a freelance uh, metaphysical teacher in town. I don't know what's ever happened to her. Her name was uh, Day, and she was fabulous. And everybody who was listening to Geneva Day attended First Unity. So I'd never even heard of it. So I got up one Sunday morning and went, and my life hasn't been in at all the same since. <laughs> but the spiritual tools came about because these were things that I discovered in my lifetime. I would have some event and and the way I handled it was to discover this tool, which of course I'd known about all along, but didn't realize I could use deliberately. And eventually I wrote this little, um, it's sort of a, a, a handbook, a, a, something to call on when you kind of reach the end of your rope and don't know where to go and what to do. And it just gives you an instant instruction for move, for getting more rope. <laughs> I love that. I. I love that. Um, I, I love the story about um, when they train elephants, um, and hopefully they're not they're not doing much of that anymore. But for the for the intention of the narrative, back when they trained elephants, they would take a a baby elephant and they would train it when it would pull with the rope and tug that it would stop. Okay, it had a stake on the ground, right? And what yes. would happen, even when the elephant was humongous, humongous, and um, could do anything, uh, it would still feel the tug on the rope, and it would stop. And I love, you know, what you're saying is that you have been working with people throughout your career, throughout your ministry, um, your throughout your work with Unity Now, uh, that you are teaching people how to move past the tug of the rope, um, because yes. it's just um, a lot of people have been so programmed that this is as far as you can go, and, and and it never occurs to them that it's only a glass ceiling, it's a veil, uh, it's a small space, and it's imperative to step into it. That's true, and the subtitle of the book is Reaching Beyond the Challenge to Find the Solution. Because the more we focus on the challenge, the deeper we get into the challenge. We just stay where we are and march in place and dig deeper and are not coming out of that in any way. And, you know, years ago, the catchphrase came on, let go and let God. And everybody was saying it as if it was the easiest thing in the world to do. 
Why don't you just do that? <laughs> I have a friend who says it all the time, and she seems to manage to do it. But in my 20 years of working with people in ministry, I have found very few that didn't need some help in letting go. They'd let go for a few minutes, you know, go into meditation, turn everything over to God, come out feeling well, walk across the room and start figuring out what they're going to do to solve their problem again. They just couldn't let go. So the tools uh, are things that we're all familiar with, gratitude, kindness, compassion, forgiveness, trust, imagination, the things we use all the time, but they are uh, they're our way of, if we start to concentrate on them, once we let go and let God, then we get out of God's way. We get into doing much more meaningful work that's fun for us and fun for other people and makes us feel good and lifts our mind and gets clearly clear enough to hear the instructions that come in and tell us how to solve the problem. That's very powerful. Well, could you walk us through one so we could we could uh, conceptualize? Because all your books are on Amazon, aren't they? They are, and this is a very small book. It's only three dollars and something on Kindle. I think it's nine ninety nine in paperback. And I suggest everybody buy it, whether they want it or not, because the moment is going to come when they're going to want to reach over and pull it out to start working with it in that moment. Uh, the, the first tool, and then, by the way, there are hundreds of tools. These 10 I selected because I had a, a real uh, eye-opening, you know, what do they call it, the cosmic two-by-four experience with this, each one of these tools. And right. so they're my favorites to go to. And if, and if you go use these 10, you'll be plenty busy. So you won't really need to go any further than this. <laughs> by that time, your problem will be solved. So your answers will have come. And the answers, by the way, to your problem come to you for, from with new information, with people who appear in your life who help you solve the situation. As soon as you get yourself out of the way, spirit can give you everything you need to solve whatever your problem is or to accept it and move on from it without pain. So if, if you will let God do his work, that's all that has to happen. But we don't want to do that. We say, you know, Father, I'd rather do it myself. <laughs> and we get back into it again and kind of mess things up. So the, the tools are a way, way out, as, as uh, Sesame Street would say. <clears throat> Well, um, so many people, it appears, still look to <clears throat> holding someone else uh, responsible or liable for the work that they're destined to do. It, it's like, um, you know, I wrote recently on Facebook, there's a big difference between being born and being birthed. Being born in our lives, us being born, was certainly someone else's job, but being birthed is ours. And... Um, when we're looking to, it, it's surprising how many people um, want to either make their leaders or their bosses or a person of uh, authority or God um, like a bigger parent and that projection, you know, that goes on to that. Um, and it, it's very interesting to me how a lot of people that I've spoken to through the years, because, you know, you and I have been at this for a while, you know, they have strong issues or, or dad issues. And then they refer, in their case, they refer to God as a gender. And it's like there's such uh, trust issues there. How would you ever let go and let God, when you 
when you don't trust. But you and I both know it's because we don't trust ourselves um, rather true. than something else. We don't trust ourselves because if we trust ourselves, we would know that wherever we're going and we have no clue where that's going to be when we let go, <laughs> we'll be able to handle it, won't we, girl? They will. One of the tools, Temple, is intention, and that, of course, fits in with your work here very well. Attention, attention, well I'm sorry. Attention. I have a testing. fire alarm going off here. Let me move to another place. So sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, well, I think that's right on time. It's almost like you planned that. I'm very impressed. because. Must be must be the universe calling, right? <laughs> Love it because you're bringing on the fire, and that's who you are to me. You're a fireball ready to stand on it, so not surprising at all. So um, anyway. I think this is just a test. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So intention. Intention is uh, intention. would be one of the tools. Right. And to me, intention, when you set an intention, it's just like a laser light. It goes directly from the request to the end result. And it is then it, it sets the path that cannot be deviated from until you change the intention. So while you still have to walk the path and do the steps and move in that direction, you're not going to get off the path. You're not going to get into potholes. You're not going to get into all things like that if you have set a clear intention. If you're mm -hmm. just kind of wishy-washy about the direction you're going to go in, then your path is likely to be equally wishy-washy. Because you're you're living from the outside in, right? Right, right. But if the internal intention is there, and the reason for this uh, need to go to these tools, you set up pretty much in your book, When Did You Die? We, we just go through life by sort of default putting out fires everywhere we go. And after a while, we've added such a burden that we suddenly can't deal with it anymore. And when that happens, that's when you have to, <laughs> very simple, just let go and let God. Except if you can't manage that on your own, I suggest you try using some of the tools. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, um, you know, I'll, I hear people say, you know, um, They'll say, oh, my gosh, I, I can't believe I'm working on this again. I, I, I can't believe I'm doing this again. And, you know, I thought I'd worked on this, you know, 20 years ago. And it it's like, OK, first of all, where is it that you're wanting to go? And this is not a class in seventh grade. And you don't, you know, study it and memorize it and take the test. And then you move on to eighth grade. Um, life is always emerging. And I often will get excited. And the reason I say that is one time, I think it's obvious I was one of those people that I would go, gosh, I can't believe I'm dealing with this again, blah, 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 blah. But what I, what I really grasp is that the me that I am now would never face something now the way I did then. And so in facing it now, even though it might look similar, it will come across very, very different in that integration. And I I so concur with you. I love the teachings of unity. Obviously, I must since I've dedicated uh, my entire life uh, to them. But I do find that that often is a misrepresentation of our principles as that people are so quick to use the words versus have the actions match, match in, you know. 
it's easy to say, let go and let God, but like you're saying, do it, you know, don't go down the hall and still be talking about the same thing <laughs> five minutes later. That's not really good, good modeling, you know? Uh, <laughs> well, we used to tease our congregation that they would join hands and look lovingly into each other's eyes and sing, let there be peace on earth. And that lasted all the way till they got to the first traffic light. <laughs> and then uh, somehow that peaceful intention would go down the drain for a few minutes when someone cut them off in traffic or did something to them they didn't like. We're only human and we are very much uh, dictated to by what goes on in our earthly life. We can't, at least I haven't met anyone who manages to live on the spiritual plane while they're here in human form all of the time. But as you say, as you grow, you get to do it more often and you get to recognize the signs a little more often. And yet, Temple, even people like you and me who talk about this all the time really do understand it beyond the intellectual level, get caught up when the emergency is ours, when the tragedy is ours, when something is bigger than we're used to handle. And we have to turn to other human beings to help us as well. So turning to books, turning to authors, turning to counselors, turning to your clergy, turning to your best friend is better than trying to make it alone. Nobody manages alone. Yeah, because there, everyone um, can reflect you that you are um, in, in the most powerful way. And um, that, is, that is so true. Everyone that's tuning in, whether you're listening at some point on audio um, or an MP3, or you're tuning in with um, at Unity Campus on Facebook Live right now. Uh, I'm talking with uh, Reverend Lauren McLaughlin. I've always teased her that I love that she has uh, the word laugh in her name, and you can already understand why, because she is a bubbly <laughs> and joyful um, spirit. That also being said, you can go to Facebook at Lauren McLaughlin, which is facebook.com forward slash Reverend Lauren, or you can look at her numerous books on Amazon. So uh, we have put that into our love notes and you can follow through with that. So um, let's talk about another tool. I love this. I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I'm clear. I'm, I'm adding to my, my toolbox too. Well, one that the world I think is desperately in need of right now is compassion. You know, we are so critical at the moment of our life is changing dramatically. The human uh, elements we depended on all our lives have just sort of blown up in the middle of this pandemic and our, our, nothing is the way it was. The world is, when we get back out into it again, is going to be quite different than it was before. So there's a tremendous amount of blame. There's a tremendous amount of criticism. There's a lot of despair. I hear people just sighing everywhere they go. And that's really not in our best interest. So I discovered compassion years ago when an employee, a fellow employee just disappeared. She just didn't come into work. No one knew what happened to her and her job was just being undone. And the boss called me in to take over for her. And I found that she had made a an error that was easily correctable, but somehow she must have not known she could correct it. 
And so she had thrown the entire company in financial disaster and all kinds of things. She lost a check, and instead of just saying this very large contribution is missing, she just entered it into the checkbook and began drawing against nothing until another few days, and they wouldn't have even been able to make payroll. I happened upon the check <laughs> when I took over her job. I found it in the bottom of a drawer, and the whole thing was solved. So my thinking was she wasn't necessarily stupid, but she was incompetent, and why did she put it? Why did she do all this? Until an aunt of mine said to me, oh, Lauren, think how she must have suffered. And, you know, I was stopped dead in my tracks, Temple. I had never for one minute thought how she must have suffered. I had only thought how she'd make everybody else suffer. And at that moment, a compassion came into my life in a way that I had never considered it before. And I was well over 35 when that happened. Mm -hmm. So I have since been able to look at even the most heinous people and be able to see somehow what pain they're in and what would make them do that, how separated they had become from their original spiritual centers, how abused they may have been, how neglected they may have been, and what the terrible results were for everybody else. But while I was feeling sorry for the victim, I could have real compassion for the perpetrator as well. And I think if we could develop that, we would go to a much kinder world. That's, that's powerful. Uh, you know, one of the statements that helps me, and, I, and, and it, it's kind of like let go and let God, but I've, I've used it enough, integrated it enough, tested it enough, because uh, tools mean more if you test them, right? And you actually use them to see, oh, okay, you're you're a good fit for me. But I love the statement that um, I understand. Who knows who originally said it? Because we're just recycling. That's all we're doing, you know, uh, the truth uh, in a new vibration. But uh, Wayne Dyer said, you know, what you do to me is your karma, and what I do to you is my karma. And I, right. I really, I, I, and you probably know even someone else that, you know, was the originator of, of that statement. But I have found that to be um, so transformative. And sometimes, um, you know, when we are lacking in the ability to be compassionate, we believe that there's not enough, don't we? Or we believe in some kind of self-righteous sense that there's only one way to do something, right? Well, it clearly isn't our way. I mean, you and I didn't go murder someone or uh, do terrible things like that. But we have been at the end of our tether where we actually thought I could strangle that person. So we can get to that point in our own thinking that we can realize you can just get beside yourself. And if someone is in that state and nothing shakes them out of it, then the results are much worse. Mm -hmm. Particularly if they have no uh, spiritual connection. I really don't know how people manage without a spiritual connection. I know there are a lot of people that do very well, but I'm not sure I would have. Exactly. I, I, I don't know either. I, I, I give thanks every day I, I walk this earth for the principles that, that we have available to us because I just absolutely um, can't imagine life with, without them. 
I remember um, many years ago, I, I have a um, rental property downtown and I had rented it to this very impressive um, young woman and um, she um, stopped paying the rent. And so it was two or three week, uh, months that she hadn't paid the rent. And so I needed to get a legal letter drawn up about, you know, this is not okay. And uh, I need you to get with the program here. And um, I even thought about the um, attorney that I spoke with told me that I should file a judgment on her. And I said, well, what, what does that look like? And he said, well, it would be on her record, you know, forever. And uh, therefore, anything she goes to do or any job or any place to rent, you know, it's forever. You know, and Lauren, I'm thinking about, well, I was an alcoholic. Well, I made a mess a lot of times forever. Well, that's a long time, you know. And it was just so phenomenal what happened because when I got, I said, let me think about it. When I got home, the attorney called me and he said, um, Temple, did you come into this office today with some cash in your purse? And I thought, well, that's a weird question. I said, yes, I did. And he said, do you want to describe it? And I said, well, it's interesting. I cashed $200 out of the bank and all they had was um, $10 bills. So I had 20 folded $10 bills. He said, well, while you were back visiting with me, my reception stolen. I've been suspicious of her, but I found your 20 $10 bills taped up under her desk. And I've, I've since then let her go. And in that moment, I had the let go and let God. I went, no, you just gave me the answer I was looking for. Nobody can ever take my good away from me if it's mine to have. And I never want to follow a judgment on a human being. So thank you for sharing. But that's what you're talking about is that raw space that if we will let ourselves, we can we can get to. Um, when we're not into our anger and bashing others. I, I love when I see people on Facebook bashing other people about that they're angry or that they're bossy or whatever. And they're, they're doing exactly the same thing. It's like, I don't, I'm not seeing that. <laughs> amazing. Life is amazing. I absolutely love it. Well, we can take our direction back to Charles Fillmore and his, his term practical Christianity because Jesus was the teacher of compassion. He was the, you know, the way shower of compassion. The uh, good Samaritan is the poster child for compassion. The prostitute that he let go and said, neither do I condemn you uh, was another example. And you could read for hours and find dozens more. When we realize what it is we believe at our depth, we're surprised at how, easily we're swayed by somebody else's opinion or a news story or a headline or I heard someone with such relish say well finally I can't think of her name she used to play Aunt Becky on a, a sitcom was going to jail and I thought why are you so happy that she's going to jail you know she did something wrong but what's that got to do with you you weren't harmed by it in any way We are spiritual beings having a human experience. 
Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for being part of The Intentional Spirit. So glad you're here. I love your comments. If you're on Facebook Live, I love to know where you're from. And even if I don't get to the comments now, I always go back and read them later because, you know, I do what I do because it involves people. (laughs) So I love to uh, connect with you at any level that's possible. I'm talking today with Lauren McLaughlin. She is an author. She is a difference maker for sure. Um, She's a networker. And uh, Lauren is always connecting different people together. She's been extremely supportive of the Institute for Life uh, Leadership and Lifelong Learning that myself and Reverend um, Dr. Aileen have founded a year ago. So she's just a giver in nature because she does practice spiritual tools. And that's one of the things that we're addressing today, her book, The Handbook of Spiritual Tools. And you can go to Amazon.com and pick that book up. And it's one of those that everybody needs in their toolkit. It's also the kind of book that you definitely can, you, you want to offer your friends. I mean, there's also subtle ways of gift giving, <laughs> right? Because if, if they, right. if you know that you have some insight to give them and, and they, they haven't been listening to you, then keep in mind, it doesn't mean they don't necessarily want to, but they're so used to you that more than likely they could hear it more easily from someone else. So it's a great book uh, to give someone the handbook of spiritual tools, reaching beyond the challenge to find the solution. And that is, is the key. I remember uh, a few days ago hearing someone speaking and saying, I see the challenge, but I also have a solution. It's like, yay, God. I mean, imagine that concept because that's really what a challenge is, isn't it? Reverend Lauren, you have a challenge, so you will emerge and grow into the deeper solution, which will change you if, if you let it. And if you just stay on the problem, like you said, your problems multiply, and it doesn't matter what degree you have or how many doctoral robes you have, it you can go there quickly in about five minutes. You know, <laughs> any any one of the big three can knock you out of your your center, the, the financial crisis, a health crisis, or a relationship crisis. I mean, those are what motivate us in every direction. And if one of those goes seriously wrong, I mean, way out of whack, we just kind of lose it for a little while. And you you realize it. You realize you feel terrible that you're not producing anything, that you're not helping the situation. But it may take you a while to wake up. When you do, you need to go right away to do something. And this little handbook will kind of ease you out of that situation as quickly as possible. Absolutely. that That's uh, beautifully said. So we talked about intention. We talked about compassion. Um, and I love to break the word compassion down. Come, pass it on. Um, because um, that's a that's a great responsibility that we can carry to to pass something on. Um, Lauren, what 
what else? Tell, tell me more well, about um, some of the tools that, that you have. Well, the most instant relief, of course, comes from gratitude. And gratitude is, is uh, with Louise Hay, the, the, uh, the guru of the last century, I always call her, who said uh, that you can't be unhappy and grateful at the same time, not if you are truly, deeply grateful. I had a funny little experience myself. I'm coming back inside, assuming that the fire alarm is over. If not, I'll drop back out. But now it's gotten noisier outside than inside. <laughs> anyway, the, I was uh, being... I wrote another book that has as a little workbook for deepening gratitude, and I had been working with the concept of, of being grateful for simple tools like knives and forks and spoons and ballpoint pens and windshield wipers and umbrellas and almost anything you touch when my mouse went out <laughs> and I couldn't use my computer. And I thought, I don't think I've ever been grateful for this little mouse, which is in my hand. 10 hours a day. <laughs> so we do take things for granted. And if we move to gratitude, it's, we become so aware of how much we're grateful for, we've soon moved ourselves out of that place we were in that was so devastating that we couldn't think. And we can look at things from a much brighter point of view. Mm -hmm. Very, very well said. Very well said. Well, this book has been a, a popular book and, and used by many and used by many uh, leaders through the years. It's it's definitely um, it has so much to to offer. Um, what would you say a couple of other um, tools are that you that you have that you're, you're so glad you have them? Yeah, the one when I post them on Facebook, the one that I never get any comment on is giving and receiving as all one word. People just don't like to be talked to about giving and receiving. And yet every part of our existence, every part of nature, every part of everything has this giving and receiving cycle. And if we don't embrace it and realize that we have to have both, we can't be all giving and we can't be all receiving, we have to be both in order to even survive. Breathing in and out is giving and receiving. Eating food is giving and receiving. Sleeping and waking is giving and receiving. The most basic parts of our life, we tend to think that the minute a minister mentions that they want to tithe, <laughs> but that's not what I'm talking about at the moment, although I don't turn those down either. However, I think that we have to embrace the concept of giving and receiving, and you always start the cycle by giving because that's the one you have instant control over. So there's always something you can give. You can give a piece of used clothing to a, to a, a charity. You can give a blessing to someone. You can give a prayer to someone. You can send a message or a compliment. There's always something you can give in the moment. And once you start to embrace the concept, it gets to be really fun. It, it's so true. I, I have used that for um, a number of years when I when I might meet with people during the day or I've had phone calls or whatever. I like to kind of reflect upon the day after it has occurred uh, before bedtime. And I like to say, in what way have I uh, given energy? And is there a way that I've taken energy? Is there a moment um, that I that I may have missed the moment, not in a way to you know shame myself or guilt myself or criticize myself, not at all, 
but in a very, from a very self-actualizing perspective to just reflect around the, the moment. Was I really in the moment, you know, and, um, occasionally I'll get an insight that says, you know, you were very preoccupied way too much when you were talking to that person. I go, okay, self-correct next time I'll do it differently. Um, I mean, to me, that's one of the greatest powers we have is the self-reflection and, and really, um, just to give ourselves the insights of, of how to, um, how to be better because every day gets better and I want to join it <laughs> in that reality. I had a wonderful congregant who would meet a new person and while she was introducing herself, she would ask herself the question, this person's been put in front of me, what can I do for this person? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's ever my first thought, no matter how generous I may think I am. I don't think that's the first thing I think when I meet someone and I always admired her for that. She'd come out of the conversation saying, oh, I figured out what I can do for this person. I can introduce them to this person or I can send them this or I can loan them this book. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a wonderful way to live. And she lived very successfully, I might say. (laughs) I do love that. That's that's a beautiful practice. I've always loved that song by uh, Ricky Byers, uh, How May I Serve Thee Today, Great Spirit, you know. Mm -hmm. How may I serve thee? And that is, there's a there's a humility in that, isn't it? Because we encounter people, then we are uh, free from agendas of of what either we perceive they want or what we want from them. That does leave a lot of room. Um, years ago, I interviewed a guy on um, on the radio, and his whole concept was "Hello from my heart." And oh, I, yes, I, I, know love, I love he, that. He, he was in my, he was used to attend my church in Port Ritchie. Uh, uh, his name is out of going out of my head at the moment, but he starts everything with hello from my heart. Really I great guy. I he's still doing that because, and I shouldn't be surprised that you sent him my way because you've sent so many amazing people my way. And for that, I'm very grateful um, because you do come from the spirit of giving um, but I was wondering about him the other day because I, I use that a lot and it it just shifts things, um, whether you're starting a, a program or you're on Zoom or you're talking to a group of people or even if you don't say it out loud, you know, and you just kind of say it energetically to another person. It's um, I was um, I was I practiced it the other day with um with my wife and I was just, I was just thinking hello from my heart inside myself, inside my heart. And about four or five times when I would go to say something, she said that very thing. So it, there is something to it. I just pulled it up. Hello from my heart is on Facebook. And he's got a whole page about hello from my heart. Well, everyone, so go there and check that out and and oh, live in that and live in that practice because it's really the heart that attracts. I think they say fifty thousand times more than just things running around in our head, um, and so it's just a it's a powerful thing and it just opens that door of connection. Um, well, I'm grateful to that with you, Lauren. That uh, from the get go, you and I have had a connection, 
And I, I really, um, I've, I've told you this many times. If every other colleague that I know in any of these new thought organizations would be like you, we would reach um, a billion people. Um, but unfortunately, um, so many leaders uh, think they want the pie all to themselves and they don't promote other people or celebrate their greatness as much as they could. And I just love that about you. And I, I aspire, inspire to be more like that myself, to network, to, to share connections I've made and stuff like that um, for the betterment of other people. And that's just a huge quality that you have. And I, I didn't want the show to uh, go past this without my mentioning that. I want to I want to thank you for for modeling that because that's true leadership when you're so comfortable with yourself that you want to share the good that everybody else is doing. You have told me that many times before, and it just seems like such a natural thing when I'm impressed with something you write or someone writes or a message that you come forward to tell as many people as possible. Uh, you know, my favorite thing about you is you said you came to Planet Earth to live out loud. I guess mm -hmm. I did, too, in some ways, because I'm always telling other people what I just discovered. So <laughs> it seems to be my way of life. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it, it works very well. Well, let's go back to your book, The Handbook of Spiritual Tools. You are feeding us today, and obviously I just want to highlight there's so much uh, more to the book itself. We're just simply offering you a tease. Um, so that you can either, uh, so you can get the book, so you can think about it as far as in your way of um, evolution, of journaling, of, of whatever. So um, give us another one of your secrets, girl. I will. Just for a second first, I want to tell you the founder of Hello From My Heart is Gary Schindler. That's uh, who that I, is. I remember he has a big handlebar mustache. He's a great guy. <laughs> and Gary you can also Schindler. find his Facebook page. Hello from my heart dot org. All uh, right. But my next my next favorite tool uh, beyond gratitude is uh, imagination, because uh, you can take your future and just design it. <laughs> uh, you can decide how you want to spend the next fifteen minutes, or the next hour, or the next ten years, depending on how much time you want to spend designing it, making it up. Uh, just making it become yours. Now, some people are better at visualizing, some are better at writing. I know people who do their work through deep soul writing or journalizing. I know uh, journaling. I know others who just sit and daydream all day. There was a story about a, a man who was taking a tour through his company and he came to the office of one of his advertising managers who was standing at a window looking out at the city and the boss said, you know, I'd give a million dollars to know whether he's coming up with a million dollar idea or just goofing off. <laughs> whatever he's doing, he's very successful here. We have to let ourselves go out of reality and into unreality in order to create a new reality. And imagination is a wonderful tool to use when you're trying to get out of your own way, get away from your immediate challenge and go beyond to better things. It isn't a waste of time. It is the best way you can spend your time, particularly if you're not very productive at the, at the conscious level right at the moment. You can go to your third eye and let it take you wherever your real inner dreams are. 
And that is, it, it, it's the gateway, isn't it? It, it opens yeah, our yeah, heart yeah. again. I'm not implying that we walk around with our heart closed, but there, it, it's like I, I say uh, often, I am where I am to the point that I am because my mind has brought me to this point. It is my heart that will pull me to the new mystery. And it really right. is about what I don't know yet. Because based upon what we already know is where we are. But based upon the opening of where we want to be. See, I I love often, I, I didn't always say this, of course, but I enjoy not being in control <laughs> because it's an illusion anyway. And, and that's that part of, um, I mean, Lauren, I've worked with shaman students. I, I don't continue to work with them. But they try to future predict what's going to happen next or, or tell me how to teach them when they, they don't know anything about it. <laughs> and that's what I loved about the work in shamanism is that it, it's imagery. It's not your mind. And that's what you're talking about with the power of imagination is that it's that third eye reality. It, it brings in a whole other layer of um, out-of-box thinking. Yeah, and I think we must be talking to someone out there today, uh, Temple, who really needs to use this tool because the universe never ceases to amaze me in the way it works. I pulled up Gary Schindler's uh, Facebook page, I mean, uh, 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 website, in order to give you his name. And the quote at the top is, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. And the quote is by Eleanor Roosevelt. So this is exactly <laughs> what you and I are talking about in a whole other realm. Uh, you know, Gary came out of nowhere in this conversation and so did Eleanor Roosevelt, but they certainly do speak to having dreams. And, and I'd like to go on to another of my favorite tools in that case, which is prayer. Nothing hurts my heart more than to hear someone say, well, there's nothing left to do but pray. And if they oh, prayed nice. in the first place, they wouldn't be at that place. If I prayed in the first place, I wouldn't be in that place. We forget that we can just just talk to God anytime. My mother-in-law used to say she had a friend who would say, oh, my son called. God, I know you're going to get him a new job. My daughter-in-law is having this problem. God, I know you'll do this. She said it was always a three-way conversation between her and her friend and God. It went, you talk to God all the time, right out loud in the middle of a conversation with someone else. I don't have that courage, but I wish I did because I think I'd live a much uh, faster moving life, <laughs> much more in the direction I wanted to go. <laughs> you're, 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 well, I think you're, um, you've had a, continue to have a pretty amazing life actually, but it, it is, um, that is so funny. Um, sometimes, you know, with things that are related to activism, I've, I've put a comment on Facebook. Yeah, um, you know, all, let's all pray. And it's almost like sometimes people are like, if they could yell, you know, it's almost like they're yelling back. I'm so tired of hearing that. Like, that's really going to help. It's like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, I know all the, all the politicians are saying, don't send me your prayers and well wishes when there's a mass shooting or something. By all means, send them. That doesn't mean only send them. But, but don't stop sending them just because you become more active or more involved or something. Don't ever stop sending uh, a, the communication with the creator and sustainer. 
the reason we are able to keep going is that God keeps going. And so we really need to stay in touch with that energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, I, I had a young man show up. I mean, we've been closed for uh, since March with uh, COVID, but he, he found his way into the cafe side um, and it, just a, a beautiful person. And he said, um, well, I, I just even wonder if, if there is a God. And I said, well, that's that's a great question to ponder. You know, usually people are saying, I don't know that I believe in the God I was taught, um, which is a whole different, you know, kind of conversation. Um, I said, but when you woke up this morning, did you tell yourself to breathe? He said, no, ma'am. I said, you didn't tell yourself to breathe? He said, no. I said, um, did you tell your heart to be? No, ma'am, I didn't. I said, well, until you can say that you by yourself can do those two things, then more than likely it might be helpful for you if you believe that there is a power within you that's totally alive. What do you think? Um, he looked at me so funny, but it, it's so true. It's like you can deny it all you want, but somehow we were blessed with breath today and we were blessed with a beating heart. And that is not something that we're doing. It's something we can help out with. That's for sure. But we aren't in charge of that. So obviously um, our creator is. I think it's amazing that whatever age you are today, You've lived in your body that long, and you can't even begin to name the part, let alone what they do. Right. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a pretty, pretty amazing thought. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, tell us something on this amazing journey you call life. Um, what is something that you, you really are glad that you live by, Lauren McLaughlin? Well, I'm glad that I know that the uh, creator and sustainer of all life is personal to me. I think uh, if I were afraid, as many people are, of, of insulting or offending God, I mean, I don't have any problem swearing at God. I don't think God cares. <laughs> just like me to get it over with so I get on with whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing. And I, it, as long as I know that I can converse can uh mentally, physically, and emotionally with this higher power and get an answer. My favorite affirmation is things always work out for me. And if everybody would just think about that, no matter what tragedy they were ever in, eventually things did work out for them and often much better than they expected. Mm. That's a that's one to sit with right there, isn't it? It's um it's it's very very powerful. Those of you, you know, get to know uh, Lauren's work better. Go to Amazon, get the book, Handbook of Spiritual Tools. Uh, join her on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Rev Lauren. And also join me on templehaze.com or First Unity. You're on our website right now if you're tuning in. And join us and follow the various activities that, that we are doing. Um, we are um, committed to being intentional spirits. And so we, we go back to that. We kind of close out our section today to talk about the importance of, of letting go. Um, I, I had a friend um, ask me one time, she was telling this long story and uh, went on and on and on. And it was about my, 
you know, eighth time of hearing her say it. And, and so she, I said, it's about letting go. And, and she said, um, well, how can you tell if you've let go? I said, I can tell you haven't because you're still talking about it. (laughs) And I love that. That's how you started the show. Actually, Lauren, um, letting go isn't that you, you know, decide to go to, um, to listen to something for an hour and you feel good. And then you pick up the same old habits when it's all said and done and it's over. Well, it isn't letting go that hurts. It's holding on that hurts. If uh, I used to run a cartoon with it about a guy being dragged behind an automobile and all he had to do was let go of the bumper and it would stop hurting. Uh, sometimes we just don't want to let go. And when we do, we realize what we've been doing to ourselves. And I, I think that, um, I don't think I know, I know that that is why some people are having a difficult time with right now is that, um, it is what it is. And I, you can hear, uh, from the, from the people that are commenting or, uh, tweeting on Twitter or on Facebook that you're so right. I mean, the people that are having the most challenges are the ones that, or resisting that is even happening, you know, and resisting, like, I can't wait for this to be over. Yes, I imagine that would be a true profound statement that everybody would feel. But I do think that there's there's a missing if you are determined that you want your life to be back the way it used to be, because that's not the way the laws work. Life never goes back to the way it used to be. It moves forward with what is. And that's, I think, a a love note from both me and Reverend Lauren today is to open your heart and allow yourself to really let go, let go of what you used to know, because that will make room for you to have a new insight or a new understanding. And by the time you live in your imagination of that and practice some of your spiritual tools, I bet you're going to surprise yourself and realize you don't want to go back there anyway. Right, Lauren? Yes. And, and that the new way will, in many ways, be more to your liking. Keep on living out loud, Temple. That's right. We're living out loud. Many blessings, everyone. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.